0: In case you missed it, on Newsbreak. The year 1860 is so significant in terms of South Africa's indentured history. Yet, If one were to ask the average South African about this date, a very few would be able to provide an answer based on more than just a cursory knowledge of indenture. And it's this exclusion from the history textbook that's so telling because it's a deliberate omission of a chapter of the country's heavily colonial past That's now been relegated to living memories and to oral histories, and I think to understand the significance of this year within the social and economic fabric of this country, a re-education of the past is so necessary. And the reason I chose this topic and scope of research was owing to two factors. And the first being that 2020 is the 160th year anniversary of the arrival of the first indentured Indians to South Africa. But the second is that as a young South African of Indian descent who was born in the late 1980s, at the tail end of apartheid. I had no real relationship with nor understanding of my own indentured history.
1: Latasha, does this research correlate with the narrative being shared about the Indian indentured labourer, or were their experiences much more traumatic? For 160
0: years, history has sugarcoated the narrative of the traumatic legacy of Indian indenture within the cane fields of colonial Natal. And through my investigation... I was able to uncover through depositions, court records, medical reports, from archives, just thousands of documents of indentured history and through this I was able to piece together a new investigation of crimes from various cross-sections of indentured history starting from 1860, which was the start of indenture, right through to 1911 when India actually discontinued the immigration of Indians to Natal because of all the atrocities that had been documented. And I was able to uncover, gosh, a harrowingly sadistic narrative of abuse, rape and violence within the system of bonded labour that was precipitated by British
1: capitalist greed. As a millennial unearthing the history of your ancestors, how do you believe we should give resonance to the plight of the indentured in 2020?
0: In the perspective of a millennial woman, I ask myself, OK, let's imagine if I went to... Transplant the experiences of the indentured in colonial Natal to the 21st century and what is now an era of immense social justice and technological advancement. Firstly, there's absolutely no doubt this would inspire massive local and global backlash and outcry as a result of the sheer litany of human rights violations that were endured by the indentured. There'd be campaigns similar to the international protests against apartheid that characterized the free Mandela protests in the 1980s, and there'd also be significant media coverage of their abuses, which was not the case back in the late 1800s and early 1900s. There'd be a slew of social media campaigns and trending hashtags. There'd be marches, protests around the world, and p- politicians and activists alike would be at the forefront, calling for reform, reparations, and accountability on the parts of the perpetrators, in this case, the planters or the sugar barons themselves. And these guilty parties themselves would be held to public and legal scrutiny and made answerable for their crimes. I think as idealistic as it might sound, there'd be some sort of hope. It would be spearheaded by young people like you and I. Millennials and Gen Zs were driven by desire for accountability and change, Also, to give a voice to the voices. News break. Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.